Welcome to the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, where each week, Antonio, Fernando, and Eduardo bring you a new look at trending ideas and concepts in the world of entrepreneurship. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. He's been featured on TED Talks. He's a motivational speaker. He has a book and his own wine out with his brand, Flow, for the love of... Today we have in the house Marcus Johnson. How are you doing today, Marcus? I'm doing well, man. Thank Great you. Great to have you here. We also have your host, Fernando and Eduardo. How are you doing, guys? How's everybody doing? Good, guys. Good. Great to be back. Uh, we want to wish everybody a belated holidays. We are, it's December the 28th today. Uh, we have New Year's coming up. And we have the perfect guest today to finish off the year right. Marcus is an expert in how to get your life on track and really stop living to the system and live for freedom, right? And uh, freedom has many, many definitions. Exactly. So without further ado, Marcus, why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what inspire you to do what you do because you were, uh, well, you still are a professional musician. Mm -hmm. And now you're kind of taking on this new venture of yours where you want to give back to the people some of your knowledge of how you got so far in life. So please give us the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, one, two, three, go. Um, you know, the, the main, I, I guess, background for me has to do with the fact of living life. I'm a teeny bit older um, than I hope I look and than I sound. <laughs> um, but through life's experiences, you learn a lot about life if your eyes are open. Um, John Maxwell has a quote that uh, says that wisdom is not experience in and of itself, but it's evaluated experience. Mm. And um, I was lucky enough to have a father who uh, instilled that in me early to make sure that I was evaluating the things that I was doing through life thinking. Um, he did a great job of making sure that um, myself and, and my sisters, that we um, and not only just did what we were told to do, but tried to find our way in what we were doing. Uh, and my one of my father's great quotes for me was, you know, son, act the way you want to be, and soon you'll be the way you act. And that was one that I used to um, get to a point where I thought I had a stomach virus and I'd want to throw up because he, that's all he said, son, act the way you want to be, and soon you'll be the way you act. Well, I don't understand that. I'm just the way I am, right? <laughs> And, you know, you hear that a lot. Well, I can't change. I'm just, right. uh, I was born this way. And no, that's a habit. Correct. Uh, most of us have been domesticated like little cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. But we've been domesticated as humans to follow a system, uh, to follow a train of thought. And um, now, and in, in, in throughout time, there have been people who've been able to challenge that. And they're called revolutionaries. Um, and we see in our studies of history lessons, I think sometimes they teach you about the fate of revolutionaries to show you why you should not try to change uh, what everybody else is doing. However, you look at this great country and, you know, the American Revolution, the American revolutionaries. You look at, uh, you know, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton and John Jay coming together uh, and making sure that we, we have the Federalist Papers mm -hmm. and why we should have a Constitution and what the Constitution should look like and why we should fight together as states and not just a, a bunch of different states and how that works. But they thought about it. And, you know, what we don't teach is the idea of what the Federalist Papers were and that the Constitution, you know, everybody's like, well, my constitutional right. But do you know how that was actually created? And, you know, going to law school and being just an active citizen, which I think we all should be, you learn that you have to, to understand your history. 
Um, you have to understand the true facts about how all this stuff was created, uh, whether it's from a biological standpoint and where humans are, a sociological standpoint and how we deal with one another, anthropological standpoint and how we've evolved uh, in a community uh, standpoint of how we work together. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's the psychological standpoint where we, we really aren't taught at all. And that's the biggest point where my father had a difference. As a psychologist, he taught me to come up with my own idea of who I was, self-identity. Uh, many people call it self-concept. And to be okay with the idea that, you know, I think differently about this, and I'm going to raise my hand in class and say, well, if Christopher Columbus discovered America, then how did he find people here? Um, and if he found people here, then how could he have discovered America? Oh, well, Marcus is the troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad used to come into class and like, well, no, answer the question for him, though. This is what you're teaching my son. So if you're going to teach this, then how are you going to, you know, uh, right. justify this? So I was lucky enough to have a father that challenged me to think, but then was there by my side. Supported you. Yes, exactly. You know, and so that was that's why I'm the dad I am today and I'm with right. my daughter at the playground at four and, and teaching her things like you know I'm just a bill from Schoolhouse Rock and Conjunction Junction things that we learned back in the day and making sure that she understands that her daddy may not be perfect but I will support her so long as she makes decisions and that she's thinking about them and I don't punish Chase I make I discipline Chase there's a difference Good. punishment is you do something without a goal or you you know right. it's it's just uh, uh something almost reactionary discipline is something where you get a learning lesson out of it and so um these are things that you know I've learned and <clears throat> I think nowadays you know people are tired of this system correct um we had this conversation yeah. before I don't think people are tired of a system I think that people understand and like structure. I'm right. sitting here with one of my friends, Andrea Ngumumi, from the Elmira Opportunity Program in Elmira, New York, and she teaches uh, or is the CEO of the, the organization, and they run the Head Start program. And, you know, it has to have structure. Correct. You know, you have to have a curriculum. But <clears throat> as we're also reading the new book uh, by uh, Stephen Covey, you know, The Leader in Me, which talks about new, new, like a nouveau form of education, but it doesn't change a, it doesn't change and say we are systemless. It's like, how do we make what we're doing better? And remember, the forefather said, you know, in the preamble of the Constitution, in order to make a more perfect union, how do we make this thing better? And so what we're doing right now and what I'm trying to do is set up a life a paradigm. And, and what I offer in my book and in my speeches is an idea of a new life paradigm that allows you to take accountability should you choose to do so not point the finger at other people, and take control of your life. Because I think you disenfranchise yourself when you blame your problems on other people. Now, there's racism, no doubt about it. There's discrimination socioeconomically, no doubt about it. There's discrimination as it relates to sex and race, no doubt about it. You should succeed anyway. Right. And the only way to do so is to take the time out to come up with and live under you know, a, a structured paradigm. So mine is DEPEL, D-E-P-E-L-L, D, dream, E, environment, P, plan, E, execute, LL, listen to learn, DEPEL. So dream, environment, plan, execute, listen, and learn. And that's, you know, what you have to do. You know, you have to have a dream. That's yours. Because if you're not living your dream and you're living your parents' dream or your significant other's dream or your big brother or big sister's dream or a teacher's dream or society's dream, 
that's not yours. You're not going to excel at that. That's not who you are. That's not why you get up every day. And no matter how crazy uh, uh, the idea is, and I, I, I challenge you to, to make the idea or live with the craziest idea. You know, in my book, I talk about the idea. Let, let's check this out. In, in 1860, if we were in Salem, Massachusetts, or in the 1700s, and I said, I dream of a metal tube that's pressurized that flies at 35,000 feet and carries 400 people at 555 miles an hour, thousands of miles, they would have a nice pot and some wood and, and a flame. Ready to burn you. That, that boil, <laughs> boil that, brother. You, know? <laughs> he said, you gotta go. Right. You know? Or if I was walking around, even you see people looking at you crazy today, if I was walking around in the, in the 1800s you know, with the thing in my ear, you know, looking down as I'm walking at this thing in my hand talking to somebody, they'd be like, the, the, crazy. <laughs> right. We got a pot for them with some boiling water. You know, they gotta be burned at the stake. And those were the crazy ideas that are, are our reality, you know. Um, and and so that dream has to be personal and yours. Uh, then your environment, man, is very important. But I look at you guys and what you all do as an organization, and you have people that support a common goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though none of us are perfect, you all are supportive of one another. You want constructive support. You want somebody that's going to tell you when you're wrong. But they're not just going to punish you. Now oh, you suck. This is stupid. But they're going to say, hey, look, I don't think this is the right way. Maybe you need to think about this. Right. <clears throat> and that's why Andre and I, you know, as accountability partners, you know, she gives me a book. She gave me a book last week that I was like, wow, you know, thanks. And then, I, you know, I gave her a book this week. And it's always, you know, these books where... I have a law degree and an MBA from Georgetown. She has, you know, a graduate degree from American University, went to James uh, uh, Madison, no, William & Mary. Yeah, William & Mary. <laughs> we have some decorated scholars in the house. <laughs> and, and is working on her PhD, right? Oh, congrats. So, but there are many people who look at it and they say, well, why, why do you need to read? You know, you already have the law degree and the MBA. You already have the master's degree, and you're the CEO of your company, and, she, and I'm the CEO of mine. We're the ones that are always reading, though. Correct. Why is that? Keep on learning. That's it, man. And to make sure that you make yourself better, which goes to the listening and learning part of it and continuing to grow wisdom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having a dream, having your environment, putting it in a written plan, because you're not going to fly an airplane like, hey, I'm going to New York. You kind of come with me. The radar's not working and we don't have a flight plan, but come on, get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, bro, I might not get on that one, right? And then you got to go out and do it, execute. And... um a lot of us get caught in execution momentum. That's what I call it. We just do. And this country and the world right now, we're just doing. Nobody's sitting back and, and going to the next step and listening and learning and evaluating and saying, like, am I doing the right thing? Right. Am I doing what I like? Am I doing it with people, you know, who I like to do it with? Am, 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 am I doing it at a place, you know, where I like doing it? And, you know, it, is this my purpose? And then when you recognize that it's not making the change and when you recognize that it might be your purpose, you know, you do all that you can to enhance it, which then is a cycle. And, you know, the other thought is that we live in, you know, we think it's linearly. We think it's beginning and end. But what it is is there's a time period. And uh, across that time spectrum, we live in a cycle. And our cycles are you have to dream it. You have to plan it. 
or you have to dream it. You have to have a good environment around it to plant it in which to plant it. Then execute. Then, then plant it. You wait, know, wait, wait. Then you, after planting it, P-L-A-N-T, you have to plant it, put it down on paper. Then you execute it. Then you go listen out and, and listen online. And you just keep doing that. And if you stick with that paradigm, right, it works. It's, it's about, as Andre always says, it's about trusting the process. Whether it's a relationship, a personal relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether, you know, it's, your, it's you looking in the mirror. The most important relationship that you have out there is the one where you look in the mirror and talk to yourself every day. If you are not, if you don't have a plan, if you are not executing, if you're not living your own dream, you will let you know every day that you're unhappy with this and that something's got to change or it's a, it's a miserable existence. You know what I really like about this is that I can see how you can almost relate to Stephen Covey's state of mind because he's all about paradigm shifts, right? Mm -hmm. And he talks in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that people nowadays are looking for a short-term solution. They're not looking at the long-term, like the one you were speaking of right now, Marcus. You're, you're saying pretty much like it's, you know, if you don't fix the foundation, that building's going to fall, right? Yeah. You're fixing the third floor, the fourth floor, but the foundation's still broken. So you really got to start from the bottom, from the beginning, in order to have a successful life and a life that you want to live. You know, we're, we're living, but not everybody's alive kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and I talk about the idea of the whole idea of you living life and, not, and life not living you. <coughs> and that, you know, <coughs> it, it, it's very important. Um, Andrea and I, uh, we, we always talk about the whole concept of oak. And it comes from the theory of the oak tree. Right. And the idea that oak trees don't grow overnight, but a hurricane can't bring them down because mm. they take a long time, you know, to build. And, and the idea of, you know, everybody wants something. They want beach bodies and they don't, you know, they don't want to do P90X. They, they, they want a pill. They want a solution. Correct. And, you know, I was thinking about this last night. I have a TED Talk coming up. And I put out on, uh, on, on my social media that I really thought that it should be, you know, um, this ish doesn't happen overnight. And actually, I put the, the, the actual SH, you know, word out there as it relates to this doesn't happen every night. You can say overnight. it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, but definitely it is. It's in, and people, it's something that has to grow. And I talk about this in my book and in the sections on relationships and whether it's business relationships or personal um, relationships that, you know, they, they meet and then, you know, you meet and want to get married. You have one good date and it's like, <laughs> hey, we're, we're together. You know, you're intimate. Oh, my God, the best thing ever. We're, we're in a long term relationship. But wait, 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 hold up. Do you have aligned goals? Right. What's your five-year plan? What's your one-week plan, man? People don't even—they don't know what they're doing next week, you know. Well, well, I'll figure—I'll figure that out when I get there. But it's not really f just finding it and figuring it out. It is choosing it and planning it. Correct. And we're not taking the time to spend time on ourselves to make sure that we grow, and we're not making sure that that we require those who are our younger, you know, our next generation, the four and five-year-olds, that they take time out to learn, not just facts. You know, but they're actually learning the skills, the life skills associated with it, how to communicate, you know, how to sit back and listen. And, and as we met face to face, we talked online, we mm -hmm. talked through text, mm -hmm. but it's always better when we get face to face. That's Correct. why you yeah. have launched, you know, the workspaces, Correct. right yeah. here where you where out of which you all work, because 
we can get together and something happens when you look somebody in the eye in business and in yep. a relationship. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like they really understand what they're talking about. And you can always get this feel, like this aura or, or chemistry when you're talking to that person face-to-face because you can sound pretty on text. You can look good on paper, and you can that cannot be the same case when you show up. Um, one of the things, I'm in the Hillman uh, Entrepreneurship Program mm-hmm. to go to Maryland uh, University, and they the, their process is, is very exclusive. So you have to have an interview. You have to look good on paper at first, but they don't just accept you for being you know straight-A student or you know, a B plus or whatever. They do two interviews and they say that they want people who are willing to succeed and they have the character to succeed. And you can't put character on paper. You, you really can't. And you can't see character. It takes a lot over time. Oh yeah. Really, and then you try to model that the best way that you can. And what's really funny is at Georgetown we had this saying, the A students teach and the B students work for the C and D students. And you know, people would laugh, well what do you mean? I just what we said, the A students teach and the B students, the ones who tried to be A students, they end up working for the C and D students who, you know, maybe by experience I know a little bit about this, who were out working, you know, uh, first year law school and second year law school building companies so that when we graduated, my, I was already, you know, about to go on a world tour. Right. You know, I already had two CDs out. Well, you're not allowed to work during first year. Who said that? Well, those are the guidelines for mm-hmm. first year, da 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 First year law school, then as a JD MBA, first year business school. When I taught at the law school during first year business school, right? Well, you're not, you're not supposed to do that. But see, that's your life paradigm Mm -hmm. because you live with other people telling you what to do. Sorry, player. That's not how I roll. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do you. Don't worry. You don't have to tell me to do me. My dad told me that a long time ago. (laughs) As a result, I do me. And, And that's the challenge. Within the framework of not harming you know, other people. Correct. With, with, with making sure that you have compassion and consideration for, you know, natural things as well as, you know, those things that are business related. And, and, and then imagine that you get to do what you love to do every day. You have new friends because you're helping out other people. You're adding to the collective natural environment. I mean, are you going to sleep better at night or worse at night right. with, with that kind of lifestyle? Right. I slept pretty good last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So I've been reading your book for quite some time now. And to tell you the truth, everything that I picked up from it is you just want to be whole completely with everything. What you were saying is about finding your destiny and, with, and your paradigm. That that you, 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 you really put yourself all together and your emotions. And the thing that impacted me the most was when you spoke about how you know, sometimes you need a good cry <laughs> and, and how you broke down and you cried that one time. And I, and I started thinking about how society nowadays or in general for, for males, how we're pictured as, you know, men don't cry. It's frowned it's, upon. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a sign of weakness. But after reading that, I was like, man, I couldn't I couldn't even remember the last time I, I had a good cry. And I was just like, wow, you know, if you can speak about that experience. Man, I tell you, I get emotional a lot. And it's not just in scenarios where I'm sad. I get emotional and I tear up when I'm happy. I get emotional and tear up in movies. Yeah. Um, I was watching the, uh, um, oh, my God, The Good Dinosaur with my daughter. <laughs> and when the uh, boy, the little uh, spot or whatever, found his family, my, my daughter started crying. 
And so I teared up with her on that. And she's like, well, they're not going to be friends anymore, Daddy. And I'm like, but they will. But, you know, Spot needed to get his family back. And do you understand, you know, the rationale behind that? She's like, I do. And he missed his family and his sister and his mommy and his daddy. And, you know, there's something in that where when when I'm blessed to have a, a four-year-old that gets that, number one. Yeah. Right? Smart kid. And to have these type, or just not necessarily smart, but just in touch. And, right. you know, at first I was like, okay, baby, you don't have to cry. And then I was reading, I was writing the book at the same time, and I was like, but if you need to, I understand, because you're a little sad on the one hand, and you're a little happy on the other. And daddy cries sometimes. Daddy, you cry sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's okay. okay. And actually what it is, it's a sign of strength. Right. Because it's saying that I need to cleanse myself right now. And if I need to cleanse myself, and I know that God made me in, as the perfect me that I am, and that, you know, perfectly imperfect that is, and that if I need to cleanse and I have a mechanism in which or through which I can do so, why wouldn't I do it? That's like saying I'm going to hold the bathroom. I'm just not going to the bathroom ever, you know, because it's yeah. frowned upon. You know what I mean? Well, good luck with that one, you know. <laughs> and, and don't get in my face either, by the way, right? I don't want to talk to you at all. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's these things where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm strong enough, you know, and not to cry. I've never been that way. My dad never, uh, or nor my mom, never frowned upon me crying. It was, you know, um, if you cry, make sure you're crying for the right thing, you know, and that you're not being an entitled, spoiled kid. Um, I was pretty good at that too. You know, they took care of us really well. And, uh, but you know, the whole cleansing thing and, and the analogy that I use in the book is, is one that is related to thunderstorms and the whole idea of thunderstorms and hurricanes are a response to a buildup of energy in the atmosphere. It's true. And, uh, the, the hurricanes in the summertime are really the air conditioning vents for the uh, ocean. And so what they do is they pull heat out of the, the water, bring it up through the atmosphere, it cools down, but it cools down in like 150 mile an hour winds or 70 yeah. mile an hour winds, right? And so my thought is, isn't that kind of how we are? We build up to the summertime and we are all running at about 6,000 RPMs all the time. We don't take breaks. We don't, um, you know, just take naps. Uh, we're told that if we're not doing something, then we're doing something wrong. And we're also told that doing anything is better than doing nothing. And these are all, f they're untruths, right? They're, they're falsehoods to keep you um, engaged in something that will overheat you. And an engine, when it overheats, it blows. If you don't turn it down, put some oil in it, let it cool off, right? And so that's what hurricanes do for our oceans. We need to be allowed to do that because I figure if it's good enough for, you know, whatever the creator, whatever God did to, to, to create, you know, hurricanes for Earth, I'm a part of that. Let me cleanse on. Let me cool myself down. Let me have some fun. And by the way, we say you haven't cried in a, in a while, but the last time you did, after you did it, you felt better. I did. I definitely did. I felt a lot better. I felt relieved. And I feel like I got a bunch of stress off of my chest, you know? Damn, man. It's healthy. It's a healthy thing. It's actually statistically proven that uh, men, older men, tend to get heart attacks because they keep it inside. They don't let out. So that, that eventually can lead up to, like, 
an unhealthy body. And that, and that's why you have to rest as well. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to take care of yourself and your lifestyle and what you eat, what you drink, what you don't eat, and what you don't drink. You know, um, uh, I go back to uh, a quote of a quote uh, by uh, John <laughs> Maxwell, and he talks about this guy he was talking to and said, well, you know, just think of yourself as a thoroughbred horse, you know. Would if you were a thoroughbred horse, would you feed you whiskey every day, and then expect you to go out and run, you know, the the quarter mile and a certain amount of, or however long the track is, and in a in a short amount of time? No, mm-hmm. you know. But if you feed it carrots and a good, nice vegetarian diet, and you know the proper vitamins and supplements and things like that, work it out, train it, then you can excel. But we don't think that way as humans. We think we can dog ourselves, and we'll get enough money someday where we'll be able to pay for it. And, you know, it, it, the other way, the other way of living life is so much better where if you just take care of yourself, you can enjoy the entire process mm-hmm. because you're going to die. Right. We all are going to transform into our, back into our spiritual you know, form. So you have a limited amount of time here. Why are you saving it up for some day that may never come when you have right now? And, and that's part of the planning process of like, you really have to plan, I'm going to take time every day to just be thankful for what I have today. Right. That I have some drawers to wear, that I, I have pants to put over my life. <laughs> your heart's beating, your mm-hmm. eyes, you can see, hear, taste, touch, smell, the little things, right? And, and we take so much of that for granted, man. And so when you're talking about crying, Man, cry on. And and in it every step of the way. I mean, I think about Chase getting married one day and I'm like, I know that I'm gonna be like a ball of tears. You know, because I'm gonna be so happy <laughs> right. for her, you know, I know I'm gonna teach her to think, you know, hopefully get with the right person, or he may end up missing. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. But you know, it, it, it's just it, I, but I think about the future, but I also enjoy every second I have with her. You know, and um, as we read books to go night night, and when she asked me, you know, Daddy, what is a sea urchin? Whenever she asked me a question, we go to the computer, we go mm. on YouTube. You know, Daddy, what's a thunderstorm? We went on the Weather Channel, and what is a, a thunderstorm in its shoulder? And you know, it, it, if you even with a three-year-old last summer, you know, before she was four, she's like, Daddy, is that thunderstorm cell gonna come by our house and blow wind on us? And it's like, uh, well, we can go check it. And I showed her the radar and how it moves this way or one way or the other. And she's like, wow, so we're right here. So, Daddy, it's going this way. And people are like, well, well how do you do that with a four-year-old? You do it. Right. You don't just think that they're not capable of understanding and you just teach them. And I think that's something that it's, it's wrong nowadays. You know, they, they don't start teaching kids. They don't start, they think they're too young to know about this. They think they're too young to know about that. But I think the more they know and the younger they know, the better decisions they're going to make in the future. Because now when they come across a situation and that they already read about or that their parents like yourself, Marcus, had taught them, they can access it better and they can make a better decision for a better outcome. Exposure. Like when I talk to you guys, you know, it's obvious that you all have exposure. You know, we talk about your dad and everything like that, like exposure. Mm Mm-hmm. When you have been exposed to certain things, that's the difference. That's the differentiator. You know, when, 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 you've, when you've written on a private jet and somebody tells you, well, you know, we're going to fly privately to so-and-so and so-and-so. Okay, well, where's the general aviation terminal? Oh, well, you know about that? Yeah, I do. A, a lot. Um, or going on the golf course. You know, oh, we're going to play golf. Uh-huh. So you go to somebody's country club and beat them by 20 strokes. You know, <laughs> and then they're like... 
uh, do you want to come back for like our, our member, you know, friend tournament? Okay, we can come back. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back and play. But these are things that because of exposure early or because to exposure period, you're able to actually you're you're able to present yourself in a way that you're not surprised about things. Mm-hmm. But then not only exposure, exposure to thought and the process of thinking and the process of 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 critically analyzing things fast. And the more you do it, the better you are able to to do such things. And that's really important, man. Because if something comes at you, like you're in a car, and something's coming at you in your, a, a sheet of ice, and you know not to put your foot on the brake. Right. And that you can steer your, steer your car around something on the ice if you don't put your foot on the brake, you're alive. And that happened to me once. I was and it, about to get, go into an accident. My dad always said, son, if you're in on ice, take your foot off the brake and try to control the car. And I put, I panicked, put my foot on the brake and lost control of the car, got off the brake and steered around an accident, right? Exposure, thinking, and your ability to do it faster every time, so, yeah. So let, let's talk about a little bit of what, uh, of what 2017 is holding for you, how you're ending the year. I know you're a motivational speaker or uh, you do a couple seminars throughout the year. You also have a book, as we mentioned in the beginning. Um, what's, what's next for you? What's your next seminar and <coughs> what are your goals for 2017? And is there a plan that you follow that maybe our listeners can also take into action to really have a good year? You know, it's New Year's resolutions time. Yeah, most <laughs> definitely. I mean, number one, I would tell you to get a copy of the book. It comes out in February. It's called For the Love Of. It's 14 chapters. Uh, starts off with For the Love of Dreaming, For the Love of Thyself, For the Love of Relationships. Goes all the way through For the Love of Focus, For the Love of Excellence. For the love of crying, as we talked about, right. for the love of, of patience and being stuck. That's very key. Because sometimes we try to force an issue where we shouldn't. Sometimes you just need to sit still. You know, in the LSAT exam, they tell you uh, you're not penalized for incorrect answers. So they tell you to take your time and pass over a passage that you don't understand. Finish the ones that you can because you're not penalized for guessing. Right, and life is kind of the same way. You take time and just—I'm just gonna disengage. Let me go over here and get some rest. I can always—you can always—we all need more rest. We're working, you know, twenty-hour days, eighteen-hour days, right? Running around, flying here, flying there. You can always use more rest. Just disengage. Be stuck for a little bit, and the answer generally resolves itself over time. Correct. You know, love grows over time, and crap is uncovered over time take the time and that's you know for the the idea of, of being stuck and things like for the love of fatherhood so you know in the book it really gives you this paradigm of the depel d-e-p-e-l-l dream environment plan execute listen learn um and if you sit down and do the the tips that are in the back of each section then you are on your way you know, to some success, especially if you have to get one chapter, it's like for the love of planning and the whole idea of what you need to do on a daily or weekly basis so that you can actually see what you're doing, know where you're going, you know, a a GPS, your phone can't tell you, you know, where you're going unless it knows where you're going and your starting point. Then it can give you a couple of different options on how to get there. You know, you have ways now, it can give you tons of different options on how to get there. But it still needs to know where you are 
And most of us don't even know where we are. So, you know, the, that chapter is very important. Um, we have our New Year's Eve event, you know, on the 31st uh, in, in Silver Spring. That's uh, exciting. Um, and uh, look forward to that, just dancing and, and, you know, music and stuff like that. But um, the book comes out in February. I have another TED Talk in Vancouver uh, this March. Okay. Um, I'm working with Elmira College. Uh, Andre is a professor there. And we are uh, working with the consulting group, a group of graduate students and uh, do a lot of marketing stuff together. So as it relates to the launch of the book, we're doing that. Um, and I'm doing a lot more speaking. Uh, just uh, have been engaged with an organization called the National um, uh, Executive uh, Council. Okay. And going into different organizations and speaking on executive development. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but executive development uh, is one of the top five growing uh, job markets in in the world right now. It's expected to grow by twenty billion dollars uh, in the next ten years. Now, twenty billion dollars is twice what the music industry ever was. And so, when you're looking at, at, at like you know the odds and what you can play, you know executive development, personal development is is you know, great, great field to be in. Even if you get a small percentage of that, right. you're making a lot of money. A couple million. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I mean, even if you're making 500 grand, I mean, that that's almost $50,000 a month. Right. You know, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so, you know, um, looking forward to working with uh, uh, them as well and, and really getting out, doing more music, using my keyboard pulpit, doing more talks, more seminars. I've been hired to go into a couple of chamber of commerces, a bunch of universities, a bunch of different schools. Um, people even want me to come into their homes with a group of 50 people or more. You know, we're open to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a lot more of spreading this word. This is, this is my ministry. You know, and um, people think that ministries happen only within four corners of a church. And um, while I have my guidance through, you know, my pastor, uh, things my father used to say before he passed, um, people like Pastor Andre here as well. She does a million things, as you see, <laughs> university CEO, right. you know, pastor. Um, they give me the guidance to then what I say, come out and talk to the people in a highways and byways way, right? Where not everybody's ready to hear First Corinthians this, or you know, First Peter this, or Genesis this. But you know, if you can get them to a point where their ears are open, and they're like, well, maybe there's something else, then I can say yes and go right down this way yeah. andrea has you you know matt watley has you these other guys at these other big churches you know first uh uh baptist church to glenard they got you um but i'm one of the i'm like a tree shaker i'm the one that's <laughs> like look i need you to listen i need you to listen to something there's something bigger and better out here than you trying to bang your head up against the wall thinking that this is going to work there's another way there's always another way there's yeah. another way you know especially right now that everybody's looking for that they're trying to find their intuition like it seems that it's a trending thing where everybody wants to get really spiritual connected and everybody wants to try out yoga and like they, everybody wants to be more healthy so uh, uh, it's good and it's good that you are you're one of those that can lead them that way that can show them the path out through your books and um, your TED talks and all your speeches that you do I'm, I'm trying, man. Yeah. That, that's the goal. So you've heard it. Marcus's book, 
for the love of is coming out in February. I'm guessing we can find it on Amazon mm -hmm. as well as other uh, and and the bookstores. We'll be in uh, like Barnes, Barnes and Noble, Noble and Books a Million. Perfect. Like um, oh, he also again does have a bottle of wine that can be sold in uh, stores such as uh, we're in places like Total Wine and More. We're in Giant Whole Foods. Uh, we launch in North Carolina and um, in the end of February. Uh, 300 new uh, or 250 right. new uh, food line stores down there. And uh, Chicago, Jewel Osco, and uh, uh, Ben Eats. So it's uh, it's 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 really going well. I mean, it's putting it all together. I mean, nothing better than book wine. And Correct. Jazz, I was just right? gonna say. So <laughs> buy the wine, read the book, and listen and, to the music. And listen to his. Yeah, he's also a musician. And so we will be in Vancouver in March. And you have an event on the 31st. Uh, and if somebody wants to contact you, I mean, I'm sure somebody is looking out there for a leader as yourself that can teach him the way. Or an organization, like you were saying, executive I mean, uh, executive administration. Development. Development. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's companies out there that need these kind of cultures because that's very important in a business. It's the kind of culture that you have within those walls, right? How do you treat each other? What are your goals? And so how can they contact you? Where can they find you? Um, do you have somebody they can contact, your assistant or so? Yeah, I mean, you know, generally I, I answer a lot, and I know Andrea's going to kill me, but, you know, <laughs> my email is marcus at flowbrands.com. So if you go to flowbrands, F-L-O-B-R-A-N-D-S.com, that's our website. We're about to launch our new website right. uh, next week. Um, and you can contact through the Contact Us section. We answer everything. Um, there's uh, also, you know, the Marcus, uh, MarcusJohnsonSpeaks.com, which is about the book stuff and speaking. Um, and if you just Google Marcus Johnson, it takes you right to our website. And uh, it will get you right to me. And I'm on all social media. So at MarcusJohnson3K uh, for Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, we're working on our Pinterest. It'll be at MarcusJohnson3K. And um, Facebook, you can catch me either on my personal page and or my like page. And I literally will, I mean, I, I respond to everything. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Marcus. Uh, guys, any last questions, any last words, any last thoughts from yourself as well, Marcus? Thank you very much, uh, Marcus, for coming out tonight. It was great having you here. Thank you. And my only last quote goes with my Facebook Live that I did yesterday, and I've been doing that more. Because yeah? The, one, you all, we had a class right after I had our first meeting with you guys, and you're talking about doing, like, Periscope and right, Facebook Right, Facebook Live. And they did a great presentation, her team, and we just did a Facebook Live uh, one-hour uh, segment last Friday um, from a recording studio, and I played music, and we took questions and things like that. But I did one live yesterday with, you know, the loss of Carrie Fisher, and although people are passing every day, um, this year seems like it hit the celebrity scene, you know, and entertainment, you know, rather hard from Muhammad Ali Lee to David Boy to Carrie Fisher to Prince, Prince. you know, <clears throat> and I, I have to say again, I know everybody's like, you, your dad, your dad, your dad, but my dad always used to have this saying, and he said, son, I've never seen a funeral procession uh, with a U-Haul in it, nor have I seen a hearse with luggage racks on it. You can't take this stuff with you. Live today as deeply and as passionately and as happily as you can because it's not promised uh, tomorrow. It's not promised, and you can't take it with you. So live every day to its fullest 
do you live you to your fullest look you in the face every day and smile and wink because if you're not winking at yourself <laughs> how in the heck can you expect anybody else to you know so. uh, I love it I love it thank you so much y'all uh, thank you listeners you heard it get Marcus book it's a great book his wine is awesome too we had a taste of it that day he came here he left us a sample and uh, search him up see what he's all about he's definitely leading the world into a new generation into a new way of thought Again, thank you, listeners, for being here, and until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, broadcasting from launch workplaces at the Rio Washingtonian Center in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Like our Facebook page, the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, to get updates on new and upcoming episodes.